I'll read again two verses that Brother Johnson read from the scripture reading, John chapter 5, and I'll read verses 2 and 3. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Waiting is something that we are all used to doing. I think we seldom enjoy it. I know I do not enjoy waiting. Do you know traveling? Any traveling? Traveling here to Nigeria. You have to do a lot of waiting. I don't like to wait. I had to wait a long time to get a visa to come to Nigeria. As soon as you're done waiting for that, you have to then go to the airport. You have to wait to check in. And then you have to wait to go through security. You have to get at the gate and you have to wait. Then you have to wait to board. Then you have to wait for takeoff. And then you have to wait to arrive to your destination. And then you have to wait in a line at passport control. Then you get to go wait for your luggage. Traveling's a lot of waiting. But of course, in that case, our waiting was rewarded because we're here and, and certainly we have been blessed immensely. Amen. And God has caused us to be such a joy to our hearts and we're so very thankful to see how he has truly opened the windows of heaven and poured out his blessings during this camp meeting time. How would you like to wait for hours and hours Uh, in a long line to hopefully get a couple of bananas. Now, I would find it hard to believe that any of you would do that. Uh, But my wife, Rodika, she uh, did that as a young child uh, growing up in communist Romania. Around Christmas time, uh, the people there would hear that there might be some bananas in a store. So she would hear that and, and would go, and there would be long lines, several people deep, hopefully, to get some bananas. But often, uh, it, it would not happen. They were disappointed. Well, that, that's what waiting can be like sometimes. It, it, it can end up being disappointing because you do not uh, get what you want. And yet, what about those that might be waiting for something, and yet the answer is right in front of them? They may be standing in the middle of the very thing that they're waiting for. Well, for the certain 
man identified here in John chapter 5. I think that he believed that he was waiting in the right place for God to do something for him. And that's what he wanted. He was part of a, a, a great multitude. I see that here today. There's a great multitude. He was part of a great multitude. He uh, thought he knew how God could answer the, the prayer of his heart. And he just kept waiting. Year after year after year. I know it's here. It's got to be right here. This is my opportunity. And yet he, he just kept waiting for that answer. Well, again, in the scriptures, we find that at the pool of Bethesda, there were five porches. And it was on these porches. Four of them had colonnades. One actually separated the North Pool from the South Pool. But on them, there were many others that were waiting, expecting, hoping. Because there was a tradition that an angel would come down uh, in a certain season and would trouble the waters or stir them. And then whosoever was able to get into the waters after this angel had done that, they would be healed of whatsoever disease that they had. So, it's predictable what happened. Many with this tradition, many that understood this could happen, those that had serious needs, blind, paralyzed, may, maybe limbs that were no longer useful and withered, they gathered at that place. They were hopeful that God could do something for them. They got as close to the water. They got right on those porches, right by the pool. I, I want to get in. I, I want to be cured. I, I want the answer to my prayer. So again, among that great crowd, it says in verse 5, was a certain man. I like that word, certain. God knew this man. He was an individual. He had a name. He had a life. He had hopes and dreams. Just like you and me. You may be here in this great multitude, but God knows who you are. God sees you. You are a certain man or woman to him. And God knows all about you. And we see that here that this man had 
been there 38 years. And he was waiting, possibly, just possibly, to have God hear and answer his prayer. You've not been at this camp meeting 38 years, but maybe you've been here two weeks, and maybe you're still waiting for God to hear and answer your prayer. Maybe you're still wanting uh, for that special service where you feel that the waters are, are stirred, that there will be my opportunity. Well, in a spiritual sense, this man represented all of us. He was in a horrible condition. And he could do nothing about his condition. Aren't you thankful that we have one who sees us as that certain person and yet has an answer for us, has a mean for us to get out of that horrible condition? Our condition is sin, and God has a remedy for it. And he's here today. In fact, later in John chapter 15, verse 5, he said, Without me, ye can do nothing. And you wonder how many times during those 38 years did that man ask himself the, the question, Does God care? Doesn't God see my condition? Well, verse 6 gives you an answer to that. It says, when Jesus saw him and knew that he had now been a long time in that case. Do you know Jesus sees you? Jesus sees me. More than that, he knows all about us. And he loves us. And he cares for us today. And he wants to answer our prayer. Job 34, 21 says, For his eyes are upon the ways of man, and he seeth all of his goings. Yes, God sees us. But more than that, he cares. And he wants to do something about our condition. So we can think like this man that I'm, I, I'm just here and, I, and, and I'm, I, I'm caught up some ways in, in this great multitude. That you can know that God sees you. God is zeroing in on you. Just as he did that day on that certain man there at the pool of Bethesda. God sees you. God sees your need. And God wants to answer that. So to this man, he asked him, Will thou be made whole? 
That seems like there would be an obvious answer to that question. I, I think immediately, emphatically, he would have responded, yes, yes, I've been waiting. Yes, I want to be made whole. Oh, may we, as the Spirit of God is speaking to our hearts and saying, will thou be made whole? May we just respond, yes, yes, I want to be whole. I want to be saved. I want to be sanctified. I want to be baptized. God, I want you to heal me today. I want to be whole. Two weeks have gone by. Maybe there's some that are like this man, maybe still holding on to an excuse. Instead of just responding, yes. Oh, he wanted to rehearse his failed plan. He told him, Lord, Sir, I, I have no man. I, I, I need somebody to help me. Uh, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, uh, somebody steps in before me. You, you know there's a time just to, to get rid of all the excuses. Do you know that, brothers and sisters? There's, there's just a time... Such a time like this that it's time to get rid of all of the excuses and just do what God is asking you to do. You know, Albert Einstein said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I would think this man would have looked at his plan that had not worked and said, yes, I'm just going to say yes to this man. Well, it's quite a picture, really. All these people, all this great multitude there waiting on this particular day. Jesus in their midst waiting for a moving of the water. Again, sometimes you and I can be right where the answer is. We can be standing right in the middle of it and not even realize it. You know, several years ago, Rodique and I, we, along with our family, visited a, a small town on the mountains just before you get into California called Virginia City. Now in America in the 1850s, gold was discovered in California and it caused what was called a gold rush. When I say a rush, 300,000 people rushed out to California. Oh, they wanted to get rich. There's gold. We're going to get rich. And they rushed to California. 
Some of them, 5,000 kilometers they would have to travel. Some by foot. Some in wagon trains. But they wanted to get there. They wanted those riches. If they got there too late, though, they, they had to wait on the other side of the mountains until winter was over. And so that's what some of them had done. And they were waiting in this place that we visited. And while they were there, they thought they would look for gold there. And they found a little bit. So they continued to mine there, and they thought, this, this is good. We're finding a little bit. They had one problem, though. There was a very hard rock that kept getting in their way as they would mine. It was a very dense blue rock. And so they were trying to get to the gold, and they would take that rock, and they would throw it over the side of the mountain. They had so much of it, they thought, well, we'll pave the streets with it. Well, finally, one time, a, a man from Virginia City was in San Francisco, and he had some of that rock with him, and he went to a geologist, had him examine that rock. It was pure silver. It was the largest silver discovery ever made. They were literally walking on silver and looking for gold. Well, we don't want brothers and sisters to, to miss the blessing that God has for us. Uh, when, when I look at this account of, of this man uh, there at the pool of Bethesda, he, he, he's waiting for an answer to his prayer. He, he's got it all figured out in his mind how God's going to do it. Uh, an angel's going to trouble the water. Somebody's finally going to help me in, and, and I'm going to be cured. And yet he had Jesus. He had Jesus right there. And saying, will thou be made whole? We have Jesus right here. We have him here with us this morning. And we don't have to wonder, how is God going to answer my prayer? No, Jesus is here. Did he have a complicated plan for this man? No, he gave him three commands. Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. What's going to happen when you... Now follow the commandments of God. God is going to answer your prayer. He rose. He took up his bed and he walked. The answer of God is just that simple. When God is in his holy house, he's there to do a work. Here, he had went down to the pool of Bethesda. The Son of God, all of this multitude. Can you imagine? They could have reached out. They could have reached out like that woman that had the issue of blood. Hey, and said, I just need to touch the hem of his garment. And they could have been healed. The Lord is here this morning. He's here to answer your prayer this morning. You don't have to wait for a special prayer meeting. You don't have to wait for the waters to be troubled. 
No, if you've been doing something, it's not working. You just come down to an altar and you say, God, I just want to do it your way. I just want to say yes to Jesus. Let him speak to your ear and he'll be telling you, will thou be made whole? Don't give him an excuse. No, just say yes to Jesus. Jesus will hear and answer your prayer. And you'll be like that man. You're going to leave this camp meeting and you're going to go and you're going to be like the one in the temple leaping and shouting and praising God. God bless you. The altars of prayer are open.